Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and as always, I got a great interview lined up. Uh, I'm super excited uh, about uh, the guest I have for you guys today. Um, I've known this guy for well on on social media for for a couple years, about two years now. Um, he was uh, first heard of him when he was on a podcast called uh, Straight Out of Combat with uh, John Krotek over at the uh, our parent company, Heroes Media Group, and. Um, I've been I've been following him and I just I love what this guy's all about. He's a fellow veteran, so I'm gonna bring him on right now. Uh, Mike Frazier. Mike, how you doing, brother? Yeah, brother. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. It's nice to be on here with you. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you taking time, man. I want to jump right into this, man, because you know we were talking a little bit offline, and I'm always afraid that we're gonna miss something because we're we're talking offline and not recording. So. Before we get into that side of it, why don't we jump in a little bit? Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, first of all, uh, my name is Mike Frazier. Um, I've come from uh, a wide array of uh, things in life. I uh, started my my uh, military career off in the Coast Guard. Uh, I did a f- a four years in the Coast Guard. I got out briefly. Um, I was a machinery technician. I got into law enforcement after 9-11 happened, got into um, a law enforcement detachment um, team, did some cool stuff there, got out, wanted to go to school, uh, missed the military, so wound up going back in the Army. Uh, at the time, ironically, were the only people that would allow me in because of my tattoos, and I had no tattoos in my arms or anything at the time, <laughs> so that was a completely different story. So the Army took me. Uh, I really wanted to go in and be a 11 bang bang, go do the door kicking in, go ranger school, go SF, go do, I wanted to go down that route because I felt like I was Rambo. I still had some <laughs> in me and they turned me down because they had all this mechanical experience. I had all this other stuff. They weren't having it. So I was actually getting ready to walk out of the, um, the office uh, at MEPS and I saw this picture of this Black Hawk on the side of the door. I was walking out. I'm like, you want me to fix stuff? I'll work on that. And he goes, oh, you got all the stuff for it. Hold on, let me make a phone call. So he made a phone call. He goes, I got you in. So from there, I was just like instantly like, what can I, what kind of special operation sneaky organization can I do with <laughs> helicopters? And then that kind of unfolded to me getting into the 160th. And I had other plans. I got medically retired. So my military career got cut short. Um, struggled with a lot of stuff getting out of the military because of, well, PTSD, anxiety, depression, you know, military separation, uh, went through a lot of stuff. My childhood caught up to me. Um, I didn't have the greatest childhood growing up. So I realized that that came about. So everything's kind of hit me like a pack of bricks and I had to learn really quick how to do some stuff. And, um, I got to a really dark place. Uh, there was a time in my life where I almost wanted to end my own life. And, uh, I found God. I got faith. Um, he helped me back up through the struggles. And uh, I got to a point where I wanted to help other people um, get out of that darkness because I realized and saw so many people, so many friends, so many veterans struggling with that, especially because I was going to the VA to talk to a doctor that was really good and it was helping me out. And I just seen so many other veterans just struggling with the same thing. So I'm like, man, I... I got to do something. So I just started talking to people, started sharing some things and started really listening to people and being relatable. Yeah. They open up so much to you. And, uh, I, I just, I love that. And there's certain people that I would see that were huge influencers for me on social media that were, um, 
you know, they were big pipe hitters, you know, Delta operators, Navy SEALs, Green Berets. There's a certain few of those that would share their stories and their struggles about certain things. And that would really draw me to them. Right. So, you know, that's a huge way to use that influence, not just because you're a cool guy, because, I mean, I definitely am not all of that stuff. I've seen some cool stuff and they were my, my customers. But, you know, just having that and using that to your advantage to be able to help others out. And so... I'm like, I got to do something. So I started uh, Noble Warrior to kind of relate to other people and to share my story to help others. So that's kind of where I started with that. So and I want so real quick, those of you that are listening to this uh, episode right now, it means you're already online. Open up another browser. And and Mike, what is it? NobleWarrior.com? Is that the website? Yes, www.wearenoblewarriors.com. All right, wearenoblewarriors.com. Make sure you open that up right now and check that out as you're listening. Man, that's a that's a lot, and I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing here is the transition side of it. it you know, it never it's never easy. I, I you know, it's it's you you get out and 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 you think, all right, well, I'm just gonna go do this, or I'm just gonna go do that, and and it's supposed to be. You know, I think a lot of us are are ignorant enough to think that it's going to be just a smooth transition. Like I did this for so many years and then it's till you get out, then you're just like, you know, shit, what am I, what what am I supposed to do now? And like, you're like, I'm looking forward to it. There's that nervousness. There's that scaredness. You're like, yeah, it's going to be great. But, uh, and then it's not transition from the coast guard, you know, to the civilians. I had to go back to school. So I kind of realized, you know, there's, there's a legit struggle with that. Right. All right. So, you know, no big deal. But afterwards, like my whole life to like, I was married at the time, you know, I had family, you know, I had a house and all of a sudden, you know, I'm over the 10 year mark of military service. And it's like, you know, all right, I want to go toward retirement. And then all of a sudden someone just pulls a card out and says, that's not happening. Right. So today you have all of this and then it's, you're watching it just fade away and that's your identity. And what, what struggle, what the struggle is for us is being in the military that's our identity. Right. That's our everything. We have structure. We have everything kind of set up for us. And it's a continual elevation. I mean, if you think about it, in the military, you can expect to continually elevate. And you have people pushing you. Why aren't you going to this? Why aren't you going to this? Obviously, they're the people that, you know, they don't. But if you're driven and you're motivated, I mean, there's a continual promising evolution of, you know, right. going up the food chain. Yeah. When you get out and you realize man, there's not. And you see all these people with no military experience, no anything, and they can't relate to you. And you're like, why is this dude that doesn't have any leadership experience? He doesn't do anything. Why is he moving up? And, you know, so that creates just so much. So what I found was my identity was in the past. It was in what I was doing. And I wasn't taking those core skills that I needed to help me move forward and I would be stuck. I was angry, bitter, resentful, you know, I was carrying all this stuff. I had to chip on. There were so many things that I had to deal with that I wasn't aware of at the time while I was transitioning, while I was dealing with all my stress and anxiety, while I was going through my divorce, you know, bankruptcies, you know, so there's just boom, just a plethora of stuff going on with you. And there's no one to share it with, you know, because everyone's got a hard time. Everyone's struggling with something and, you know, unless you have someone that understands what's going on with veterans, which there's not a whole lot of, um, there's, did, did you just got to start by yourself. When you were transitioning out and you, okay, so I'm going to back up here because you said, I know you made the transition from the Coast Guard 
into civilian life there for a little bit. How what what was the time frame from getting out of the Coast Guard to rejoining the military back into the Army? What what was that time frame? Um, there was uh, it was about two years. Oh, two years. Time frame where I got out. Of the, okay, the so and then when when you, when you were transitioning out of out of the Army, was there, I mean. Was there anything in place where there was there somebody guiding you like, hey, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to go, or or was it kind of like a lot of us got was like, turn in your TA fifty, get this paper signed, thanks for your service, best of luck to you. Yeah, it's a cookie cutter task. It's a transition <laughs> program. Yeah. You got to go everywhere in installations, sign, and make sure you don't owe anybody money or haven't done anything bad. Get in all your gear. Um, go to this class to learn how to build up your resume. And there's a couple people that's going to talk to you about some couple things, things that are available to you as a veteran, as you get out and that's it. But there's, and they're all very vague by the way, folks. I mean, these, these programs, uh, at least, you know, I've been out for 12 years now, geez, uh, for, for a while. (laughs) I've been out out for a while (laughs) and they're like back Back in my day, it was it, it was it was just like you know, here, sign this paperwork, get this, and then the next day you're like, oh, I uh, what what I I got I don't have to be in formation. I don't I don't have to. What am I supposed to do now? You know it's what a, I mean? It's a check the block kind of type thing, right? I've seen and what I've talked to. There's there's a few people um, that I've talked to and I've learned and kind of like watched as they progressed and they've done things. They, they kind of, they've had a plan and they were planning on getting out. They had a mindset of, all right, I need to get out. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And, you know, they're kind of set up. There's, and that's great. That's amazing. And, you know, for like, for me, I didn't really have that. So I was already kind of in shock and awe of the whole, I can't believe this is happening. It's happening so fast. You know, what am I doing? You know, the guilt, um, the, the shame, uh, the embarrassment of, you know, I can't do my job anymore. The special operations community, I mean, they eat their own. I mean, if you can't do your job, you're useless, get out of my way. And, you know, it came from, I just, I did my job and I love to fly and I'm doing everything to just one day and I can't. You know, I struggled for a few weeks trying to deal with my back and I couldn't hardly stand upright. It took me a long time of physical therapy to be able to even walk upright. And uh, so, you know, there's that on top of everything else. So you're just like, man, you're just, you're full of shame. You're full of all this stuff. You don't really know what to do. So you're not really planning for, you know, you know, finances for later. You're scared. So you're in a position to where you were, um, you're kind of running, you're kind of building a defense to be survived in survival mode. So right. you're not really being able to go out to be proactive in doing all this stuff. And that's huge. I mean, you know, the difference between, you know, falling back and then moving forward, right. you know, there's, there's huge, the mindset's different, the body um, language is different and the techniques and everything you go with, they're completely different in that aspect. If you got, if somebody's listening right now, Mike, that that's getting ready to, to transition, whether they're 18 months or even six months or even 90 days out from, from getting ready to transition out. And, and, and this, here's, here's the, the, the weird thing about transition, you know, Mike and I were both, we're both vets and we, a lot of the stuff that we talk about it is, you know, veteran related and whatnot, but transition, you can use this in everyday life. You don't have to be a veteran to transition out of stuff. 
I know yeah. a, a lot of friends and family members that, that are non-military that have had to transition. They spent 29 years working for a company, and all of a sudden that company forces them into retirement when they weren't ready to retire. Now all of a sudden you have a big transition, right? Or you have you know friends that, oh, I'm going to work at this company, and, and you know uh, I'm going to be a law enforcement officer, and, and they get hurt. And then all of a sudden, five, six years, 10 years into the job, they got to find something else to do. That's a different type of transition. And I say different type as in from from what Mike and I are used to, but at the same time, it's the, the mindset behind it, the basis of the transition behind it all is the, it, there's a lot of similarities to that. So if you had somebody, Mike, that's getting ready to do it, make a transition in their life right now, what, what advice would you give them? Um, my advice would be to um, talk to someone, find someone that has transitioned somewhere that has, if you, you're in the military, you're getting out of the military, you're not in the military at all, and you're a civilian, first responder, law enforcement, um, you've been working at a, a job steadily for a while, you know, no service at all. Like you said, it's, it's all the same. Make a plan, have a plan, start trying to find out what you can do to get yourself prepared. Obviously, you want to be as prepared as possible, but you're never going to be able to prepare for everything. The biggest part of the transition aspect of it is the doing it. Yeah. It's scary. And, you know, it's like, oh, crap, you know, you're kind of pushed to do it. You have to do it. But actually, the act of doing it is very overwhelming. So having someone to talk to that's been through it is huge. It's massive. And they can shed some light on some things that you're not really too sure of. You know, you're like, man, I'm scared. You know, I've been so confident in this. And I've talked to so many people, so many veterans and not veterans. You know, I've been so confident. You know, I'm great. I'm doing this. And then I'm switching to this. And I'm like, I'm nowhere. You know, I'm nothing. I'm starting over. And that's that's huge for people. And the biggest thing is, you know, talk to someone. You know, write some stuff down. And, you know, it's it's more mindset stuff than actually, you know, doing it course you actually have to do the physical act of making it happen but the mental capacity and the real estate that you have to have for that is completely different you're you're moving streets you're moving everything so you have to move the stuff internally as well sounds tippy dippy it sounds ridiculous but from what i've been through in my life and what you've been through and what you've seen you know you can understand you have to be able to do that because you can't you can't move um, and go somewhere else and still kind of like be in the same old mindset in the same old ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the <clears throat> analogies I like to use is, is uh, you know, you, you got people that are just sitting on the street corner watching life pass you by. And, yeah. and, and you know, you could sit there and, and, and dream. And I tell everybody, dream. And when you dream, dream big. I mean, dream. You, I, I set goals. I've had all my life people tell me your, your goals are unrealistic. Good. It gives me something to chase. Every day I have something to chase. And if I if I set a, a dream and I achieve it, it means I didn't, in my opinion, I didn't set that dream big enough because yeah. I, I should be chasing something every single day. My opinion. This is just how Adam's mind works. So if you're standing on the street corner and you're you're dreaming, but I was like, oh, I would have liked that. And then, and, and that, that, that comes to you, or, or as I say, God throws that in, in your life. But if you're not out in the street getting ready to receive it, you're just going to watch life pass you by, right? Yep. And and you you can't do that. You got to take the step or jump or how, whatever analogy you want to you want to use. But if you're just standing there and not moving forward in any form or fashion, you're just watching your life pass you by. 
Life's short as it is already, folks. Live life to the fullest, right? That's funny. I just, I just, I think yesterday or the day before, I just read this quote somewhere. I was on social media, it was on a feed, um, inspirational type of quote because I love stuff like that. But I, I seen this one quote, and I don't remember who it's from. You probably heard of it before, uh, but it was: "We have a world full of dreamers, but such few." people that take action on those dreams. Oh, I like that. And uh, I, like I mean, that. it's huge. And then it just, that just smacked me. Cause like, yeah. there's so many things that I want to do, but I'm so stuck on insecurities and like driving me forward to doing certain things. And that was kind of like one of those things that uh, wanted to kind of help push me doing this uh, uh, accountability, kind of like men's uh, motivational type of group. So I'm um, like, oh, man, I got to do something. Yeah. So I got to start, I got to start making it happen. You, you know, Mike, what I've noticed about you over, over the last couple of years, uh, following you is that you add value. You, you're, uh, I would say you're an inspiration to many. Uh, me personally, I, I, uh, I don't get jealous of anybody and I don't envy anybody, but you're pretty damn close to setting that bar because I get to see all the cool stuff that you do. I see, like, if you go to Mike's, like, Instagram page and stuff like that, you see him, like, hanging out these helicopters and, like, flying all these cool places. And you're like, dude, seriously? Like, I want that job. Like, But here's here's the other thing, too. Like, we don't know what Mike does every single day and, and, and the stuff that, more importantly, you've heard some of the stuff that Mike's had to go through to get to where he's at right now. And... You know, we see kind of the cool, the cool stuff uh, yeah. on, on social and stuff like that. But man, I, 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 I just have a thing for flying, and and I, I never that, that wasn't uh, a path that I got to cross in my life. So I, anytime I get to see guys that are doing cool stuff like that, you're just like, man, I'd love to just hang out the helicopter. See, and there's a backstory cool. with yeah. that as well. And that's kind of why I like to share some of that stuff. Cause I, I've been through a lot. I've been through some stuff to where I couldn't share anything. Well, most of my, you know, special operations right. career, I, I didn't share any videos or any pictures. Well, right. And for anything. obvious reasons too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I would always see people, you know, posting pictures of them doing stuff I'm like, man. And honestly, a while back, I got to a point where I was ashamed of my military service. I didn't even really like talking about it. Uh, I was ashamed of it. And I was, uh, you know, I had a chip on my shoulder and what it was is it took me a long time to realize it, but what it was is, uh, I didn't get to where I wanted to go. So I felt like I failed. Uh. So I was ashamed of that. And, and it took me a long time to find that it took me a long time to heal just from that itself. And, uh, going through some things, finding God, accepting Jesus into my heart and having that faith building my faith that really allowed me to let go of some of that stuff and realize, kind of flip my script and see things at a 180. Yeah. And uh, I went through all of this stuff in the military and then I got out of it because I was uh, insecure about some things. You know, I was worried. I'm like, man, I really can't do this anymore. It's not really for me. So I let the whole aviation aspect go and I tried to do different careers and different avenues. It just, it didn't really fit me. It just, it just wasn't it. So, I mean, I've done all kinds of different things, working on tractors, doing a, a journeyman for an uh, electrician, uh, doing an apprenticeship for, to be an electrician, um, sheet metal stuff. I mean, you name it, I've, I've janitor, uh, I've done, done it. And 
it just wasn't for me. I'm like, man, there's something more out there. I got to do, I got this, this is not for me. And so finally I kind of just started getting back into it and started getting into the aviation aspect of it, started getting into working on stuff again. I started loving it. And then the minute I did, I had this opportunity to be where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I fought it for months. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want to move all the way across because I was living in Oregon at the time. And I had to move away from my son. Uh, most people in my family, everyone's on the West Coast, you know, because I grew up in Arizona. So all my family's in Arizona. And so, you know, I was leaving all of that. It wasn't, a, it wasn't that I was just afraid to travel, but I didn't want to be so far away. And I'm like, man, this is new. But, uh, you know, I had this dream. And I felt like it was just the, you know, the Lord telling me I need to get out in the deep water and I need to, to be, be somewhere different and just follow his lead. So I'm like, all right. So I did. Now I'm here and I get to do all this stuff. And I love sharing some of the things that I can share and, and do because it's exciting and it's cool for me because I used to be ashamed of it. And I found out that there's so much beauty in life. Yeah. I'm kind of like that weird weirdo guy that's sitting there picking up flowers, looking at flowers, taking pictures <laughs> of flowers and like the water. And Mike's the got a soft like, side, everybody. Mike's got a soft oh, side. Man, I, do. I had some friends make fun of me because I'd get off my Harley uh, and take pictures on the side of the road. Of these beautiful <laughs> man, that is an awesome picture right there. So that was, that's me. I, I, love, I that. love it though, man. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, it's just a different aspect and I appreciate life. There's so much beauty in life right now. And there's yeah. a whole aspect of time where I was recording things and seeing things and just putting captions of, you know, beauty and chaos. And especially through last year, there was just so much craziness and everyone was freaking out. So I would just go out for a run. I'll go out and just be outside and just take pictures and just be outside and try to just share some of that stuff because everyone was so afraid of going outside and doing anything. And, right. Um, and you were living so life. Yeah, I'm just I'm just out there not doing anything crazy. I'm just going for a run, going for a walk, yeah. paddleboard, being out in the water. I just uh, I'm just just loving life, enjoying life because I've blocked out so much of that in my life before that I'm taking advantage of it. Yeah, I I I, <laughs> I, I love that. There's so there's a couple of things that I want to. First off, you said you grew up in Arizona. I got to ask where. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in. Uh, uh, the later part of my childhood, I grew up in Coolidge, so it's in between oh, yeah. uh, Phoenix and Tucson. That's yeah. that's where I grew up. So yeah, just on the on, on the uh, east 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 Valley. So I I lived in Avondale, okay, uh, on the west side for thirteen years. I graduated high school down in Tucson, uh, nice back in the day, and and I got mm -hmm. I got some friends, uh, some of my closest friends. I was born and raised in Wisconsin, but I spent most of my time in, in twenty five plus years in Arizona, and and I got friends out in Queen Creek. Okay, nice. which is like ten miles from Coolidge, not not yeah. far. From that, from that, um, that that's cool. I want I want to talk about faith for a minute because I I remember seeing a picture of you getting baptized uh, a couple yeah. of years ago, and and I think that it's important, especially now nowadays. I think you know for the for the longest time it was taboo to talk about t politics and and religion, and I and I use the term religion very loosely because I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a firm believer on organized religion. I'm a firm believer of like you have a you have a, a relationship with God. That's Mike has a relationship his his relationship with God. I guess you're like, "Well, Mike, you're, you know, this is what it's really saying blah blah blah." That's wrong of me to say that because God speaks with within each of us in our own our own ways in my opinion. So, how has faith really 
got you to where you are, I guess, today? Or, or uh, let me back up. Like, Do you remember when you accepted Jesus Christ into your life? Do you remember that moment? Um, yeah. And honestly, growing up in Arizona, yeah. that, that later part of you know my childhood from like 10 years from when I was 10 to when I graduated high school, if I was 18, then I said, bye, Felicia, to cool, and I joined the Coast Guard. I went to a private Christian school. And um, it was it was great. It was very small. I think I graduated with six. There were six of us that graduated in that class. Super small, the outskirts of town, yeah. next to this, uh, the outskirts of this cotton field. And uh, I would ride my dirt bike there to school every day. And uh, you know, we in the morning we'd have to say a prayer and we'd, we'd go do all that. And you know, I loved it. It was peaceful. But being a kid, I didn't really, I didn't really understand it to the extent that obviously I would as an adult and no one, I didn't see anyone in my, my, my family that really exercised that aspect of their faith or their beliefs or, or whatever. And I came from a horrendous, terrible childhood growing up beforehand. So just having the peace and tranquility is what I liked. I liked because it was quiet. It wasn't a whole lot of kids. So it was cool for me. I didn't really take a lot of that with me growing up. Uh, I, I believed in God. I believed there was a Jesus. Um, you know, I believed in hell. And I believed that, you know, we just needed to be good people. But aside from that, I felt like a horrible person because I didn't go to church. And so it just over time, I just got more uh, insecurities and whatever with that just because I didn't attend it. So I just stayed away from it. You know, right. I just believed it. And that was that. And once in a while, I talked with someone about it, about what I believed in. But that was it. And I knew, I knew it wasn't right, but I didn't know what to do. Right. I just left it at that. Yeah. Uh, when I got to the point where I wanted to end my life, I knew that it was a dark place uh, and I had never been there before. And I didn't know what to do. And I accepted Jesus into my heart. I said, this is my last chance. This is my last chance qualifier for life. I'm like, God, if you're there and I, I'm supposed to be here, please let me know, be with me, do something, show me to, to uh, be here. Cause if not, I, I, I take me. I'm, I'm done. I, I don't want to exist. I'm screwing everything up. Um, my life is screwed up. I'm lost. I've lost everything. Um, I don't know what to do. I had to, I passed out. I woke up in the middle of the street. I had to go give my weapons to some friends, uh, all my guns, my ammo. I said, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm shaking. I was freaking out. Uh, fast forward a couple years. Uh, I started, started growing more. I mean, it took a while. It wasn't instantaneous and that was rough. I expected it, a lightning bolt to come down and Jesus <laughs> is going to touch me and save me and, or he's going to turn into this bird. You know, I actually, it's funny because I, I made an appointment with God one time up on a mountain and I expected him to be there and it didn't turn out any way remotely close to what I expected it. Um, until years later. Yeah. Um, is when I started realizing some things that I put myself back there. But um, I started kind of, I started kind of believing. I started just reading more of the Bible. Started kind of getting more into it, and I realized it was changing my mind. It was changing my thoughts. I was not so focused on you know all the bad crap happening. It was already it's bad. There's so much bad that happens in the world. Right. How do you shut it off? Right. And by focusing and reading this, it was helping my mindset. It was helping me focus on the things that I could control, which is very limited. Um, and that's what I needed. I didn't have anything anyways. It was just me. I'm like, all right, I don't have a job. I don't have a house. You know, I don't have anything. What do I do? Uh, so 
it helped me. It helped me with my mind, helped me with my heart. You know, it, it kind of healed me a lot. And I started seeing that like, man, boom, started going to a therapist at the VA. Um, I got off medication. Um, then I'm like, you know what? I got to give my life to God. He brought me through this. This is, I'm the only reason why I'm, the only reason why I'm here is because of him. Right. So uh, I went and got baptized in the river. And, uh, you know, from there, it just, it was just, uh, I mean, it was, it's not, it hasn't been easy. Obviously right. it's not an easy route, right? but uh, it's the best route um, uh, that, that I, I've ever I, 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 I've, I'm a strong believer that regardless of, uh, I'm a, <laughs> Most people would say and know that have listened to the show over the years know that I'm I'm not the most patient person in the world. And I know that's a shocker to my listeners uh, and, stuff, and stuff like that. But it, it's it, I, I always say that, you know, you sit there, you just give it to God and then sit back. And, and if anything, it teaches you patience because you know that this life is is uh, we're on his time, not ours. You know, that's hard. That's different. That's that's the hard part because because we're so we're such an impatient people. We're like, all right, God, tomorrow we're gonna get a million dollars, and when we do this, I'm gonna change the world. And tomorrow wakes up, you're like, check the bank account. It's negative. What's up? How? What's going on? Like, that's not how this was working. I I prayed. I believe. Like I I thought I deserve. That's the problem. We think we deserve, and, Mm -hmm. and, and we and we don't. We gotta be patient, folks. Um. Man, Mike, real quick, why don't you tell everybody that, that's listening, that wants to reach out, that wants to follow you, where can they find you? Um, you can find me all over the place. Pretty much uh, the best place to, to reach me is uh, social media. Um, I got two platforms there. It's just my, my, my main personal one is NSDQ for Night Stalkers Don't Quit underscore Mike. Uh, that's on Instagram. Also on Instagram, I have Noble Warrior Official. Uh, you can find my normal warrior post there. Uh, also, uh, the website, www.wearenoblewarriors.com. Um, that takes you to, uh, a little bit about what I'm trying to get started, what I've tried to get started with Noble Warrior, where I want to take it. And also the podcast that, um, uh, I do to share some of the stuff that I've been going through some of my faiths, some of the struggles, uh, the little tidbits of information that I get, I kind of chew on for a little bit and I just kind of put out some nuggets on there and um, just try to see if I can help someone, give someone tools. Love it. Love it. We're coming up on time. So I got one more question for you, brother. Yeah. Um, Show's called the decision hour and every, every, I mean, we make decisions every day. Um, So name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision what was it and what was the atmosphere like for you at that time um that decision was uh me wanting to disappear from this earth i was in such a dark place that uh i felt that i wasn't worth living and I felt that I wasn't worth even offing myself because I didn't want friends and family that I had to even waste emotions on me. That's how deep I was. I was, I didn't, I didn't want to suffer anymore and I didn't want anybody else to suffer anymore. And I felt like everything that I touched was just falling apart. And I made that decision to try and reach out to God to see if there's anything worth saving. And I was at a point where I was just getting ready to disappear, just go walk off in the woods, go just go jump off in the water somewhere and just not exist. I was ready for that. 
what happened was the very first time after I got through my training through uh, 160th group tomb, the very first thing I got introduced to doing is uh, a, a funeral service for a soldier that offed himself in front of his baby girl and his mom. And I was so mad and frustrated and I had no respect for people that did that. Uh, and I held on to a lot of bitterness and resentfulness for that for so long. I didn't understand that because I hadn't, I hadn't been there. Um, little did I know I was going down that road. Um, at that moment, when I felt that way, when I asked God to come into my life, that exact moment came into my mind. I knew exactly where that guy was at right before he offed himself. And for me, uh, that just, I had goosebumps for probably like three or four days straight. Everything kind of felt weird. And uh, I knew I needed to do something. So that decision for me to um, not only try to make something of myself for other people, but for veterans and for him. Uh, so my life really stopped being more about me at that particular moment that I asked God to be in my life. It was, I knew that there was more to it. So uh, that was, that was that decision. And that was a tough one, but it was one that I knew that I had to take. Much respect, man. Much respect. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, folks, make sure you check out wearenoblewarriors.com. Follow Mike on Instagram. He pumps out a lot of just added value. He's got a lot of added value, and, and it's a joy to watch his feeds because uh, he'll he'll throw out inspirational quotes. Uh, and then, you know, if you're into, like, flying and seeing all the, you know, the, the really cool stuff, he's got some really cool videos um, with some background music and stuff like that. Uh, and I was waiting for him to, to like throw a cranberry juice or something. And then one of them hanging out the helicopter. I, I did a remix of that one. I did the chocolate milk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, oh, I almost went this entire show without bringing this up. I got to bring it up. If you want some cool dad jokes, you got, you got, you know, I, I got to bring it up, man. You got to bring it up. Uh, hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So, um, Mike, any, any parting words, uh, for our listeners? Um, yeah, actually doesn't matter if you're a veteran, doesn't matter what you've struggled with. We all struggle. We're all struggling with something. You're not alone. Um, isolation is a killer for us, especially in the veteran community, being in combat, seeing things firsthand. Um, the enemy wants to isolate you because it's easier to get to you that way. If you're in a group of people, you're in a big group of people that one or two, three of the enemy isn't going to come after you. What I pray in, in my heart and, you know, just desires for everyone to be able to reach out to somebody and talk to someone. I know it's uncomfortable to talk about those things. It's embarrassing, but man, your life is worth so much more and you get so much more value from life, sharing your experiences and finding someone that can relate. So, you know, reach out to someone, talk to someone. And if you don't feel like you have someone, you know, uh, reach out to me, reach out to Adam, reach out to someone else, just because we're not, you know, you may not be in the military, you are on the military, or you may think that you're a female and you're not struggling with something. We still might be able to relate to it, or we might be able to point you up to someone else yeah. that you can. Yeah. And that's what's great about our network. And that's what's great about doing 
this interview and this show with like-minded people is we network and it's a huge community. So we take care of our own and our tribe is big. I love it. Absolutely love it. Folks, that's all the time that we got. Mike, thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate you coming on, taking time and, and adding value to everybody's lives. And and like Mike said, guys, uh, if you're having trouble and you need some ears to listen to, that's what we're here for. We're here for you guys. All right. So hit us up. Uh, that's all the time we got before we let you go again, check out, we are noblewarriors.com. Follow Mike on Instagram. Also check out our parent network heroes media group. Go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time you've been listening to the decision hour.